This is Regenerative Skills, the podcast helping you to learn the skills and solutions to create an abundant and connected future. I'm your host, Oliver Gaucher. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is a very special episode wrapping up the last episode of the sixth season of this podcast. Man, it's been six years. I can't believe it. This is by far the single longest job that I've ever had, and it's not even formal, but (laughs) it has been a, a wild journey. If any of you have been listening to this since the very beginning, first of all, you're awesome. You should definitely get in touch because that's a long time to be following this. But a lot has happened in this time. You may remember that I started this show in the early days when I was still doing an internship for bamboo building while my main focus was in natural building. And my main motivation for doing this was to interview the people that I was learning from online, some of the mentors that I had in my life at that time, the people who were putting out useful content. And I just wanted to contribute something to this wealth of knowledge that people were so generously offering for free online. Back then, I was in the area of Lake Atitlan in Guatemala, and I was just about to embark on a major project of starting a homestead with two of my best friends at the time. It was ambitious. The scope was really large. I was selected to be the guy who ran the building projects, and the other two were permaculture designers with some farming and plant propagation experience. And together we started to build, yeah, a small farm and a demonstration center from which we could teach and learn, of course, in in the process. I learned so much in that year and a half that I spent there, not only about building, but about participating in and being a good member within a community. It was really challenging for me because though I spoke Spanish pretty decently by the time we got started... We were in a small Cachiquel indigenous Mayan village where Spanish was actually the second language. And so that barrier, as well as the cultural barrier between, you know, being Westerners, having grown up in that environment and with those values. And then, of course, with the Mayan population. I mean, there's just so much that I could go into about that. It really forced me to grow in observation and patience and humility in that entire process was honestly one of the biggest things that I got from that. Another of the big learnings, of course, was from working alongside those two good friends of mine, Neil and Jeremy. Many of you will remember them from the Regenerative Roundtable series and the individual interviews that I did with them in the early days where we would talk about the trials and the the failures and the experiments that we were doing. And of course, all of the teaching and sharing of knowledge in between the three of us. Now, though, of course, I still remember that time and that journey super fondly, there came a point where we diverged in what it is that we wanted out of that project and what our roles would be in there, and I decided to leave. It was a difficult decision, but I I felt something pulling me towards a different type of project, a different type of lifestyle, one that was a little bit more centered in family and honestly, an environment where I didn't constantly feel like such an outsider and such a spectacle or a novelty when I would go to other places and, you know, feeling a bit like a sideshow. And when I stopped to think about it, really the only other place that I had traveled and lived before where I felt like I could put down roots easily, where I enjoyed the culture and the learning environment and the challenges of the place was Spain. And a big part of what I loved about Spain was a very short but very intense relationship that I developed during my previous travel there, with my then partner, Alba. 
And so she and I had remained in contact while I had moved back to Guatemala. And when I told her that I was thinking about selling my portion of that farm and reconsidering where I was going to live, we also started to talk about what that might look like for me to go back there and for us to rekindle our relationship. And in between then, I took some travels through the south of Mexico, visiting farms, learning new things, and of course, visiting my family back in the United States. And it was during that journey that the idea really came to fruition. It solidified. I bought my plane ticket and I took a risk to come out here and start a new life with Alba. And that now was almost three and a half years ago. Uh, she and I reconnected right away. Though we didn't move in together from the very beginning, it only took about a month for that to happen. And ever since then, we have been together more than I have been together with any other individual. I just mean proximity-wise, since, since I became an adult, to be honest. The pandemic had a lot to do with that, and also just the fact that I'm a little bit of a homebody, and I like to stay in, I like to cook, I'm not someone who goes out a whole lot unless it's for projects or to visit family in other places. And so that's what this episode is going to center around, my relationship with Alba, the reason why I'm here in Spain, and the new project that we've embarked on together. And of course, I could not tell that story alone. It would be missing out too many essential parts and perspectives, and luckily, I've got her with me here today. But real quick before we get into the meat of this episode, I want to give a shout out to all of the wonderful people who took time this season to do interviews with me, to share their knowledge, and also for all of the listeners who reached out, whether it was through the Discord channel, through email, through social media platforms, to not only say that they appreciate this show and this work, but also to offer suggestions and feedback that have made this so much better, not only this year, but throughout the whole last six years as I've been cutting my teeth on all of the knowledge that is required to do this with any kind of skill, and I'm still learning all the time, but but thanks to the people who have reached out and participated either as interviewees or just as listeners, this show has been getting better and better and I am much more proud to put out episodes each week now than I ever was from the beginning. So thank you sincerely for this. I am feeling more motivated than I have even in some previous years to continue with this and to share as much of the learning journey that I'm currently on with all the rest of you who are feeling inspired by the knowledge and the assurance that all of us can participate in all of our unique and individual ways, regardless of our experience levels or our skill sets, in the regeneration of the world around us, however that may look, whether it's interpersonal relationships, working with the environment directly, or even just improving our personal health and the interactions that we have with the world on a small level. I also want to say a big thank you to the wonderful people at New Society Publishers, not just because they've sponsored this show from the very beginning, but because of the incredible work that they do in finding, developing, and then publishing some of the most important information that is behind not only so many of the interviews that I've done on this show, but a much broader concept of the work that needs to be done than I've even had the ability to help them promote through these channels. I've had the wonderful privilege of getting to meet so many of them in person in their offices off the west coast of Canada, and not only is the place beautiful and inspiring in and of itself, but there's a warmth and energy in that team and through the work that they do that I'm just so proud to be associated with. 
Uh, I really look forward to not only this relationship professionally to continue, but also to keep up with the friendships and the contacts that I've made through them, and of course, through the authors that they've put me in touch with as well. So once again, thank you from the bottom of my heart, New Society Publishers and your whole team. You guys are awesome. And so with that out of the way, I'm super excited that I finally get to have Alva on my show. It's been over three and a half years since I came here, and I've been so excited to present you to this podcast audience. Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? <laughs> Hi. Um, it's my first time participating on a podcast, and I'm a little nervous. That's normal. <laughs> but I'm happy that it's with you. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's my pleasure. So tell us a little bit about yourself and okay. maybe what you do for work, where you come from. Okay. Uh, I'm Alba. I'm from Spain, from Catalonia. And I'm a fashion designer, but since 2014, I'm work as graphic designer. I'm a community manager too, and I help to local business to improve their communication in social media. That's in, right. In Instagram. And you've done some other jobs too. You mm -hmm. actually started doing this full-time more recently, but before yeah. when I first met you, you also had some other jobs. Why don't you talk about those? Yes. Um, I teach mm -hmm. uh, salsa and bachata and zumba too. I work in a bakery with kids uh, to teach different different things arts and crafts for kids yes, exactly. yeah i used to do a lot of uh what well, classes for children yeah. at the local library yeah yeah you got a lot of different jobs that's right you were not there for a little while and that, i guess that's one of the things that we have in common is that yeah. i've also done a ton of different jobs over time yeah um well so look let's let's jump into when we first got together mm -hmm. which well we met seven years ago but i came back to to restart this relationship after leaving Guatemala in, uh, well, on August 6th of 2019. Yes. And we took the leap to start living together. And then just eight months later. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. What happened? Oof. <laughs> COVID. COVID, that's right. We were locked in together for the pandemic for, well, we didn't leave our, our little apartment for three whole months, not even yes. to go to the grocery store, nothing. That was pretty all, intense. All the day together in the same place. In a small apartment. In the same room, more in or the, less. Yeah, <laughs> basically, there's no separations in that yeah. place. That was intense. No. But even before that, we had already started to look for a house together. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, let's start with some of the criteria, some of the main things that were important for us when mm. we were looking for a house. What was the most important thing for you? Yeah, what? For me, for us, no? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, first of all, the, the price. The price. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was super important because super we important. were working with a very limited budget. Yeah. Later, uh, the distance um, between the new house 
to my parents' house. Yeah, because we're very close with your folks. Yeah, more or less 45 minutes around around um, their yeah. house. We were hoping for under an hour, mm -hmm. but the area around Barcelona is really expensive, and we started to yeah. even look for places that were like an hour yeah. and a half away at yeah. a certain point. Yeah. You remember when <laughs> when we visit? The, the house in Lleida. Yeah, well, we visited a few places, <laughs> a few in, places in the yeah. district of Lleida. So, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> Lleida is one of the, the provincias, provinces within Catalonia, which is the northeastern part of Spain. And uh, it's, it's the northwestern portion of this triangle that is Catalonia. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can start to find much cheaper houses, rural areas where people have left. Yeah. And we were looking at, at ruins in yeah. old towns that were complete fixer-upper yeah. projects. But, you know, there yeah. were opportunities to buy for like 20,000, yeah. 40,000 euros. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. But I'm, I'm quite glad that yeah. we didn't do that. But it was really fun to look. Mm -hmm. So uh, how was... I mean, there was quite a process in what we were looking for. Tell me about some of the places that we got to see, some of the different houses... Oof. In the process, yeah, yeah. yeah, a lot of adventures, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oof, a lot of stories with the immobiliarias. Oh yeah, immobiliarias <laughs> is a real estate agent, yeah. and man, they're pretty sketchy. <laughs> they're not very honest or scrupulous. Yeah, uh, we we met some some very poor services or odd meat. Admitting. They would, yeah, they would just omit information. information. They would straight lie to us. Yeah. That was that was common. That wasn't even an exception. Yeah. Um, okay, but so okay, so what were some of the other really important things for what we were looking for? Okay, the price, the the distance, yeah, and the land. The yeah, land. we wanted to have some land because yeah. you and I both love gardening, mm -hmm. and we want to have some animals. Yes. Yeah. The um, the water access. Water access was a big one, mm -hmm. yep, because, and, you know, we're very commonly going through things like droughts and heat waves and, well, water security is increasingly difficult to find in Spain, so yes. water was a big criteria for us. Yeah. And the way. The access. The access, right. exactly. Yeah. The ability to get there. Why was that important? Yeah, because uh, sometimes um, we found uh, good houses. But the, um, the way, the access are super difficult and Camino, Camino de Cabras. <laughs> yeah, Camino de Cabras, so like a, a goat trail is what they call it. It's like when you have this bumpy dirt road that you need a 4x4 to get to. Yeah. And maybe it's like 15, 20 minutes on that kind of a road. And we would have to get a different car just to get our way home. Mm -hmm. To say nothing about like inviting people to come and visit us. It would have been very difficult to... Well, I mean, then you have to think about, can an ambulance get up to you in an emergency uh, exactly. or yeah. or firefighters, bomberos? No. Yeah, it just, it really complicated things. Some really nice properties were just too hard to get to. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the reformas? Yeah, reformas, the amount of renovations exactly. that needed to happen. Well, so this was something that we went back and forth on because when we were looking for things yeah. in our... In our budget, our presupuesto, yeah, yeah. 
we were looking for basically ruins <laughs> that we could rebuild because I love construction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I come from yeah, yeah. Uh, natural too. construction. You love working on projects too and are very handy as well. And I still think we could have done it, but man, <laughs> did we did we look at some disaster, disaster places. places? Yeah, that Godly. yeah. Basically, we would have had to tear down to the foundation and mm -hmm. rebuild and. That was a little more than we wanted to get into. We were looking for something that at least you could live in. Yeah. Even while you were doing, like, you know, even if it was some large renovations that needed yeah. to happen. Yeah. And, and in, a, in a different house, do you remember? No water access, no um, connect to the electricity. That's right. We found one that we would call completely off grid. It had a well. It did have a well, so it did have some water, but it was not connected to the grid in any way. And I mean, for me, that was attractive. I liked that challenge because it's not that hard to put up solar panels. And if you have a well already, as long as it doesn't run dry, it can be an advantage, but it's not a very common thing in Spain to do either. Yeah. And it was definitely a challenge. The nice thing about that place was it was like five minutes from your parents' house, yeah. which would have also been nice, but... It got bought out from under us in no time. We yeah. lost it really fast. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. A lot of stories. So many stories. And maybe maybe another day, no? Yeah, Explain. we'll definitely do it. Maybe we'll do another episode talking about all the adventures of looking for houses around Catalonia. But the nice thing was we got to know at least like an hour and a half radius around Catalonia really well. We got to see a mm -hmm. ton of small towns that are not on the tourist trails. Yeah. We got to meet a lot of cool people, go to some lovely little out-of-the-way restaurants. Yeah. What was one of your favorite things that we discovered when we were looking for houses? Um, maybe the people. The people. Because yeah. when when we visit the, the different towns, yeah. we met a lot of people yeah. in, in, in this village. And always um, we try to... Well, so you're really good at this. You would always ask them questions yeah. about what is the life like exactly. here. Get Visit to... the neighbors yeah. and ask different things. Uh, try to find... Um... And that was one of my favorite parts yeah. of this is that you're really good at just walking yeah. up to anybody, striking up yeah. a conversation, making best friends yeah. with yeah, them yeah. right away. Yeah. I mean, we got some insights into what life was like in these little towns within you know 15 minutes of conversation that you yeah. would strike up with them and it was all, so fun yeah and all all the people um facilitate their telephones number oh yeah or please call me if you need something they no were problem. so warm yeah yeah and i think we're, we're still in contact with some of the people yeah. that we met looking for houses but that we never ended up buying yeah, yeah, yeah. i think we'll end up visiting them too yeah some of them had some gorgeous properties yes yeah Um, I'm trying to think what else were some of the, the main things that we were looking forward to like, oh yeah, let, so let's talk about the difficulty of here in Spain. If you want to buy land, hmm. you almost can never build on it. So there's two classifications of land here in Spain. Yes. There's terreno rústico, which is usually classified for agriculture, which, mm -hmm. you know, I want to get into farming. It's what we're going to get into here. But if the land is classified this way, it's almost impossible to get building permits. So you mm -hmm. can't build a new house there to live on. You have to get land that's called urbanizable, which is like, you know, you can, uh, it's, it's an urbanization. Mm -hmm. It has the coding or the classification for building. 
and those are almost always parcelas, strips of land that are, you know, within the suburbs or maybe, what, 2,000 meters, square meters of, of garden at the most, <laughs> right? That's not farm scale. That's a big backyard. So that was really difficult for us to find because you know how I was talking about so many times, oh, let's just get a big piece of land. The land is pretty cheap yeah. and then we'll just build something on it. And you were yeah, constantly yeah. telling me know. like, it's impossible. <laughs> impossible. You will never get the permissions. Yeah. Yeah. That was difficult. It's super difficult. The the paper, the documents, the permissions. Yeah. Um, well, so we found out how difficult it was even for a house that was already built. But let's get mm -hmm. into that in a second. So... How is it that we actually came to finding Almoli de Bujons and the process of buying it? Because this was your main job mm. for like the last year. Yes. First of all, okay, so how did we find it? Because it was completely by accident. Yeah, it's, it's super funny yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because one day <laughs> I found the, the Moli in, in Guadalajara. Yeah, so let's talk about, first of all, quickly what Wallapop is. So if, if you're listening in the United States, Wallapop is like the app version for Spain of Craigslist, which is a, just a website where you can find Second used hand things. secondhand things in all sorts of categories. But we're usually talking about like an old stereo or, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. a used iPad or yes. <laughs> some antiques or something. Yeah. And, the Moli, and the Moli, and the Moli too. <laughs> <laughs> and then we found an old mill yeah. and farmhouse with land on it on this like Craigslist style app, which we use a lot because we try and buy everything that we can yes. secondhand. But out of nowhere, you found a house. Yeah. So that was really weird. Yeah. And It was later. Later, I check and I found the Molly in, in the typical websites. Yeah, yeah. But, the but first, first, you saw it yeah. <laughs> on this used goods app. Um, so yeah. So later, we found it listed on a regular like real estate listings website. Yeah. But that was the first. But so this was we were looking in categories at this point that were way outside of our stated budget because um, my mom had just visited us for the first time. Yeah. And we were like, man, what would it look like if we took a risk, maybe to look at something more expensive, but maybe we could find a house that was big enough mm -hmm. that my whole family, because I'm the oldest of five children, and yeah. my, my siblings and my parents, they yeah. all live really far away, and it's hard for them to all get together. And my dream, and you and I had talked about this a lot because, you know, Your family is so important to us. My family is important, but they're they're very far away. Yeah. We would have loved to have a place that was big enough that we could all get together. Yeah. And so just on a whim, we started to look outside of our budget. And well, what what was the part of the Moli that first grabbed your attention? Um, I remember the, the the first day that I that we visit the, the Moli with the With the immobiliaria. The real estate agent. Exactly. Yep. I remember that when we stopped in, in the parking area, mm -hmm. uh, you look at me and me look at you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we say, okay, is this house. I know. You yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got excited about other houses in the yeah. past, but I don't think there is anywhere that we got to where we're like, this is going to be our house. Yeah. Yeah. And... Before, before, uh, before even entering, see, exactly. before really seeing much. So, 
one thing to know, and you'll see this because I'll post pictures on the website and stuff. Uh, it's a pretty unique house. Super as unique. As <laughs> soon as you drive up, you see this beautiful little old stone footbridge Mm-hmm. That is a protected historic monument built in Roman times. Yeah, and the house is very unique because it's been ha- it's had add-ons, it's had new construction over many different hundreds of years in the past, and there is a beautiful little river that runs right through the front of it. The access is super easy. Yeah, the the um, all all the things, the land. Yeah, the the river. Yeah, the. Um, well, okay, so. Uh, let's talk about the individual things that the Moli has that made it unique, but that made it perfect for what we were looking for. Yes. So let's start with the house itself. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty big house. And you and I were actually not looking for a big house in the beginning because it's just the two of us. We don't plan on having children. We don't need that much space. In fact, in the apartment that we were living... It's not like we didn't have enough space. No, no. It's just that... The, we passed a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, we, we passed the whole pandemic through there, yeah. Space wasn't really the issue, but the fact that it didn't have a yard... Yeah. And it didn't have any doors separating any of the space, so we couldn't really get privacy for work and stuff was yeah. kind of difficult. So, why did we go for something so big? Mm-hmm. What, what, what was your reason for... for I guess, being attracted to something mm-hmm. that's as large as this. Yeah. First, for family. Yeah. To, to guest family mm-hmm. is, the, is the most important thing because it's, it's easy to stay comfortably when, when you have a lot of space and, and you can offer um, independence. Yeah, independence. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that we're not all on top of each other when exactly. we stay together. Because um, we've had my sister and her little girls come and visit us yeah. a number of times now. And, you know, it's wonderful to have them there. But it's difficult because, you know, little girls, yeah. they, they don't have any personal different, space. Different. And we still need to work sometimes. And it's important to be able to have, like you said, independence, privacy yeah. when they're staying for a long period of time yeah, so exactly. it doesn't become yes, because difficult. All, all the family uh, live very far away. Yes. Yeah. And obviously, I stay here more than one week. Yeah. yeah. Maybe two weeks or. Yeah, because it's your... really expensive to visit. You're yeah, not going to stay for exactly. just a few days. So it makes sense to stay longer. And if yeah. they're going to stay longer, we need to have enough space that everybody can be yeah. comfortable and still, still do what they need. Yeah. Um, more things that uh, different entrants. Yep, multiple entrances yeah. so that they don't have to come through the same way. Yeah. Yes. Uh, for me, the the most important thing is the space for family. Yeah. And later, we can do wherever we want. Yeah. Because it's it's easy to to dedicate one one part of the house. For example, uh, for agroboutique, yeah. no? Farm store. Yeah. Exactly. Another part for tourists. Mm-hmm. Another part, obviously, for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, another part for um, workshops. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for formaciones. Educational events. Yes. And, yeah, classes. Uh, 
presentation of of books sure. or art gallery or and that's the thing is we've kind of gone through all of these different ideas of what yeah. we might do but the besides the fact that it's very good for getting our families together we are really buying this as a business investment because mm -hmm. we can live comfortably in one little annex of the house and the rest of it in order to justify the investment of, of coming in here and it being so much larger than what we need to live uh, yeah, we're going to launch probably two or three businesses within the next year mm -hmm. that are going to start to make use of this space and also be able to share this place with other people. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so that's the building. Um, the, the specifics will actually, I'm going to put links because I've just now published the tour videos of the whole <laughs> property. There's 12 bedrooms. It used to be used as a hostel, but like not a youth hostel. Hostel here is more like one level more casual than a hotel yeah like where they don't really do Nor all this turn down service yes, and, and normally for one night only. yeah exactly for people passing through and the reason why it was set up this way is because this is on an old route in between kind of two regional cities of Vic, mm -hmm. which is an agricultural hub in the center of catalonia and girona which is like a cultural and agricultural capital of uh kind of the further area towards france and the path kind of went through this area and people who would go through, I mean, if you were carrying your goods on, let's say, donkeys, <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a long trek. Yeah. And so you would stay over here for a night in between. Yeah. And we've even got some old pictures of when it used to be used like that. It's yeah. so cool. So cool. And then they renovated it to be a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And so this was a farm to table restaurant before that was even a cool hipster thing to do. And the owner that we bought this from has already told us stories about how they used to have the gardens and the cultivation of like onions and potatoes out in the fields directly to serve the guests at the restaurant. Yeah. And tell me about... Yeah, wait, wait. And don't forget the, the truchas. Oh, right. There is an area behind where the access to the river is where they used to raise trout. There's actually an, an old fishery here. It's small. But back when this was used as a mill, there was a dam along the river that would route water towards the water mill. And that water was also used, uh, was it pescadero is how you would say it in Spanish? Hmm. Or criadora de pez? Cri sí, criadero. Criadero. Um, so yeah, like a, a little fishery for, for raising trout. Mm -hmm. And that's been decommissioned. It wouldn't work anymore anyway because they got rid of the old uh, dam that routed the water there. But the like the cement basins and, and pools and stuff are all still there. It's, it's really wild. Yeah. Let's see what else. Um, yeah. So this has been running like a business for a long time and there's three hectares, which is about seven acres of, I mean, you could call it farmland, but it's kind of not farmland. <laughs> it's not really flat. I mean, we are in the mountains. We are in a, in a valley where the river runs through and the, the earth is very sandy. It's not mm -hmm. really good for cultivation. Um, it's all forested, so trees grow really well here, but it's not typical agricultural land. Uh, it's mostly just forest. Okay, so let's talk about now the access to water because mm -hmm. that was wow. a real, <laughs> yeah. real attracting feature of this place. So obviously I've already talked about how there's a river that runs through right down the middle yes. and in front of the house. There's a balcony uh, on the house that looks over the river, which is gorgeous, but we also have more access to water. Yes. Uh, 
the neighbor um, has a manantial. Manantial is a is a spring, a natural spring, spring. natural spring, but it's uh, to share with us with the the house, mm-hmm. and this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, we get fresh water coming directly out of the mountain that yeah. is plumbed directly to a faucet in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. And later in the market garden space, we have another point of water. Yeah, so there's another spring up there mm-hmm. that is much bigger and there's a cistern that kind of holds for water pressure mm-hmm. and it feeds our house, the campgrounds and our neighbor's house are all connected directly to that spring. And it's an old one. Apparently, it's never gone dry. Uh, yeah, it's never run out of water. And that is the water that is piped directly to the house. The only thing about that one is for regulation and safety is they do put chlorine in it uh, just to make sure that it's, yes. it doesn't have anything. And later, all the, the roof, we can... We can... That's right. I love that you caught off on this idea. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a huge roof space. Yeah. So we're definitely going to start collecting rainwater from there. It's not a necessity, but it's also like, why wouldn't you do it having that much rainwater accessible? Yeah. Uh, especially because, so like I mentioned, the soil is all super sandy. So it's not like we're ever going to be able to effectively make water catchment ponds with this sandy soil. It's never going to hold water. So we will put some cisterns on and, and make the most of the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe even gray water too. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll do something with the plumbing to make use yes. of like shower water, sink water, and other mm-hmm. things too. Yeah. Because even though we get decent rainfall, the average is like 650 to 750 millimeters, which is above average around here, partly because of the forests and, and the mountains here. Uh, this can swing significantly and we're in a pretty significant drought year at the moment where we've gotten just a little a little more than 400 millimeters and you know we're really starting to feel it mm-hmm. so there's no reason even with lots of access to water through the river and the springs to be wasteful of the water resources just in case we need them so that we don't over extract from any of the other sources as well okay so that's the water and that's the business and the house space. Mm-hmm. What about the fincas, the, the farmland? Mm-hmm. This part's kind of weird because they're not connected. No. Tell me about the different yes. ones that we've got. Nor- normally, the, the land is next to the house. But in the Moli, um, we have seven uh, different areas, no? Or different parcels. Parcels, exactly. And at the beginning, it's... Mm, it's it's kind of weird like yeah yeah, they're they're not connected some of them you have to walk to another area and but but now i think oh it's wonderful because you visit the different place and every place with their unique aspects exactly and mm, i I like i like yeah so i'll also post a, a picture of the map yeah. So you can see the different parcels. There's a long and, and strip. And all the parcels, super different. They are quite different. And so super, none of them are super, super far away. Yeah. None but, of them are super far away. You can walk to all of them. But because of the topography of the landscape and the way that they've been managed over time, they're all very unique. Yeah. So, okay, let's let's describe them. So 
There's one parcel that the house is a part of. Yeah. And that's what we kind of consider our yard, um, where we're just going to have our own personal gardens. That's the one that connects to the, the trout fishery. There are a lot of stones. It's very rocky. Yeah. Because of the way that the floodplain of the river runs through there, a lot of it has been eroded off. There's no topsoil, yeah. but there are these beautiful stone yeah. formations that are and, like sculptures. Yes, and it's perfect to access the, the river. Yeah. In fact, people have been yeah. <laughs> jumping over the fence yeah. and accessing the river for the last like four years that it's been abandoned. Yeah. And it's it's become a popular swimming spot because of the waterfall right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but there are enough areas, including the house, that are not part of the floodplain. Mm -hmm. So it's not at risk during big floods. And we know that because there was a big flood yeah. just before we bought the house. And we can see exactly the damage that it did to the to the floodplain and even some small damage that it did to the stone wall of the house. Yes. But that's a different story. Um, okay, so that's our garden. There's a lot of potential to do aesthetic gardens like uh flowers and and you know yeah. just make it beautiful yeah maybe aromatic exactly and then there's a long strip that basically just hugs the northern edge of the river as mm -hmm. it goes around a bend in between our house and the next bridge at the farther west side mm -hmm. and this is not agriculture land there's really nothing we can do with it it's a small strip it's mostly in the floodplain it's on a steep slant it's just got trees. But, but it's perfect for red fruits. Yeah, so our idea here is because <laughs> there is a camino, there's a little trail that connects the two the two bridges mm -hmm. and it's big enough that you can drive on, but people ride their bicycles there. It's part of the natural park. Uh, we're going to plant the whole edge as a little food forest. We're going to put what they call fruto rojos, so things like uh, raspberries, blackberries, maybe some small fruit trees, just a huge variety of things that will be free to access yeah. for anybody who walks by there. I just think it's a lovely thing to do with that strip. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really beautiful. Yeah. And I think it'll, it'll be just a lovely little gift to the, to the community. Mm -hmm. Then above that area, we've got that triangle that's mm -hmm. got about five terraces on it. And for a long time, that was the market garden. Yeah. It's got irrigation there. That water comes from the same springs. We're definitely going to use it for probably some level of market garden, but that's where I'm going to put my tree nursery. Yeah. That's where I'm going to start breeding trees because agroforestry is really yeah. what I'm going to focus and, the land and on. And maybe we use one of the terras for flowers. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Because yeah. we have a friend of yours who grows flowers yes. who may want to collaborate with us, mm -hmm. and that's something that we're looking into as well. But it's all set up. Uh, I mean, I have to put in a new irrigation system, but I have looked back in the historical photos and it's been used as a market garden a lot in the past. Mm -hmm. It's pretty obvious. And it's also out of the floodplain of the river, so it's not at risk of, of floods. Then there's the mountain forest, which mm -hmm. is on an inclination that you can barely climb up. Yeah. It's very, very steep. There's no... Uh, there's just no potential for doing agricultural stuff there. It's forest. It's going to be managed as forest. Um, there's not a whole lot that we can do yeah. there. And maybe it's a, it's a good place for trufas. Oh, that's right. Truffles. Yeah. Now, I don't know that that's going to work because you have to... 
you have to inoculate the roots of the tree mm. when they're young. As far as I know, you can't go to an older tree and inoculate the roots with truffles after it's already grown. So maybe we can start to plant truffle trees mm -hmm. there over time. But even then, it'll be difficult to access because you can hardly walk yeah. up it. But, you know, we'll, we'll do a bunch of experiments. Maybe. The thing is, it's kind of the lowest priority. We'll probably mostly like passively glean firewood from it. <laughs> then there's the big parcels down below. Now, this is on the southern edge, just on the east side of the, the house itself. <laughs> and this is the closest thing that we've really got to agricultural land. Yeah. This is where they've grown mostly poplars in the past. They have grown uh, Christmas trees. I yes. bet those. Because that's one of the famous cultivars of our area. The, the town next to us is the most famous place in Catalonia for breeding Christmas trees. Yes. And it was pretty wrecked in the last flood. There was a big strip of erosion that basically just left a whole bunch of river sand there. That's a restoration project. Mm -hmm. But it's the closest thing that we have to like a flat pasture. And so we're going to be working to plant that out as an agroforestry system and maybe run some animals on it too. Yeah. And at the end of this parcel, yeah, yeah, you we explain me that it's a good area maybe to grow um, fungi. That's right. No? Yeah, mushrooms. So we were exploring, because in winter, when the forest isn't super overgrown, you can kind of move around a little better. There's not as many leaves. Mm-hmm. We were exploring kind of the far corner of that field, which is all forested. And you can tell by the amount of moss, musgo, mm -hmm. that is growing on the trunks of the trees yeah. that it stays humid and moist and shaded the entire year. It's in a little shaded uh, alcove. The, the river runs right next to it. And I was thinking that it could be a perfect area to sprout mushrooms, maybe inoculate some I don't know, shiitake or oyster mushrooms into uh, oak logs and leave them there and they'll stay humid enough that, that they could produce. <laughs> It's something that we were just thinking about this last week. So, the, you know, there's new ideas coming up all the time. <laughs> this is not going to be a priority right away, but we're looking at all the things that would be easy to do on the land that we wouldn't have to force things on. We wouldn't have to bring in a lot of infrastructure or extra investment but what would come easily based on the little mm -hmm. microclimates and, you know, what parts have access to irrigation, things like that. Yes. And the last part, the, the parking area next yeah. to the bridge. Yeah. Um, it's perfect for, you know, having our own parking area for the yeah. business perfect. where we don't have to send them off somewhere else or have the parking overflow go into the neighborhood and start to annoy the neighbors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But all of this kind of comes out in the tour video. So if you're looking at it, you can, you can see exactly where this is and on the map. But let's go on to how we're making decisions about how we're going to develop this. This is actually something we were just working on yesterday, mm -hmm. which is our holistic context. Yes. This is something that I've worked on with clients that I've mm -hmm. taken trainings with the Savory Institute to learn how to teach. Yes. And it's a really good tool for asking important questions yeah. between ourselves and figuring out what are the most important things for what we would consider a quality life together yes. and also what we need to create in our, our future resource base mm -hmm. in order to obtain the quality of life. And 
I know that you had a difficult time with this exercise. You're not used to asking these questions. Yeah, but I, I appreciate a lot um, this exercise. And I think that it's important to, to, to share the different point of views and put a, a, a vision or yeah. Um, yeah, a vision. A yeah. vision. And I think that it's the, the um, excusa excuse excuse to talk about the things that are really important yes, to us yeah? yeah and also to make sure that the things that are most important to us as individuals mm -hmm. are also the things that we're on the same page about exactly and so that we're not working towards different things and maybe coming into conflict yeah as we you know develop businesses here yeah. as we spend our time doing different things but that we are finding what is important for us as a couple and using that as a guide to make decisions for the house, for the fincas, mm -hmm. for the business yeah, yeah. in a it's way important that's important for both of now us. Now we, we, we need to do a lot of decisions Yes. and it's necessary uh, a route, yes. uh, a map, no? Yeah. But so one of the good things about how long it took us to buy this place, it took us a year and what, eight days? Eight days. A year and eight days. That has to do with the long paperwork yeah. process, the legal process. We had to hire a lawyer. Alba did so, basically did all of this, including looking for finance. I mean, it was a crazy year. But the good thing about this is we were coming up to the Moli at least like two, three times a month. Yes. Or more. Or more sometimes, yeah. depending on the season, depending yeah. on work schedules. In order to observe it in all different stages of the seasons, mm -hmm. to see how people were using the space, because everybody was using the space. Yeah. Um, and Yeah, you remember at the beginning, we thought, oh, we won't leave now. You yeah, remember? yeah, we want to live here yeah. right away. Yeah, of course. But we later, what? We, we were very grateful yeah. to have had this time exactly to observe it from a distance yeah. yeah yeah and make good decisions check all the things yeah talk with the uh, mayor mayor yeah the mayor yeah. exactly the uh, alcalde yes. yeah well so there's a important thing that everyone says in permaculture that you should observe the place that you're going to be designing for one full year before you start designing yeah. And that was essentially forced on us. Now, we didn't get to go to the land every day. There's observations that we're still making now that we didn't make when we, when we didn't live here, of course. But yeah, based on the legal and the paperwork uh, stuff that had to get done before the purchase, we were basically forced to be patient, to think through all these different things. In fact, we've done so much of the decision of what we're going to do with this place in the year prior that a lot of it is like, okay, we just start moving forward with the plan. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, we're still coming up with new ideas, especially inside the house now that we're living in here. But I'm I'm really happy that yeah, we had this me time. Too. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. It also just forced me to be more mature and grow <laughs> up a little bit because I'm, I'm very Im impulsive sometimes. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about trying to do and the ideas that we have for so many different things. Mm -hmm. But obviously we can't do them all at once. Yeah. 
we don't have the money. We don't have the time. <laughs> there's there's so many things that would prevent it. And also trying to do them all at once means that you will do all of them poorly. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the priorities that we have for this first year so that we get the most important things done. What have we decided on working on as mm -hmm. a priority? Okay. Well, first, bring our things. Um, later... Um, renovate uh, three basic areas the the kitchen um, our room and one bathroom uh, later um, separate our things uh, for categories no all these things is for DIYs all these things for the kitchen no yeah And it's worth mentioning here that this house has so much stuff in it already. Yeah. As we mentioned, this used to be a hostel and a restaurant. It wasn't yeah. even that long ago. It was only about five years ago. Yeah. Uh, and they closed it. And they've pretty much left everything here. Everything. I mean, the, the yeah. appliances for the kitchen, the two industrial kitchen, a bunch of old furniture, some of it worth saving some of it yeah. in really poor condition the industrial oven yeah there's an industrial oven there was a yeah i mean yeah. just <laughs> the, the house is full of stuff unfortunately yeah. a lot of it is rotted out it's gotten uh, humidity in it yeah. and there's not a whole lot that we can save but we're saving everything that we can and we're even starting to look into classes on how to yeah. renovate old furniture just to make the use of as much of this stuff as possible. Yeah. But that being said, we're still going to have to do a lot of organization. Yes. And a and lot put of... put all the things that in the same category yeah, together. organize it well. Yeah. Because the house is super big <laughs> and super we have big. a lot of things and it's we necessary. Yeah. yeah. But and there's, and later, of course... And later are, throw yeah. out the, yeah. the trash. Yeah. Because it's just, it's taking up so much space right now. There's whole rooms where they basically just dump garbage. We try to use all the things and... Everything that we can, and... re re uh, you know, that we can clean up, that we can yeah. fix. We're doing that for everything, but, but there's a lot of stuff that we yeah. can't fix as well, yeah. unfortunately. Yes. And another thing, um, I, uh, I think that it's important uh, live... A period of, of time in in the house for later make a, a good decisions yeah well kind of like we did for yeah. this last year yeah a lot of the ideas that we developed for possible businesses yes. and use of the land were not the first ideas yeah. that we had we thought about it and came and you know Uh, put through different criteria and asked yes. important questions and maybe in one year, We'll have very different yes, ideas. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, kind of the, the same thing is happening now that we're living inside the house and we're mm -hmm. experiencing it. We're seeing it now in the dead of winter yes. when it is the coldest. This place is not insulated. The mm -hmm. windows are very old and transmit all of the cold. Uh, we're also in the bottom of a valley, so we lose the sunlight at like three in the yeah. afternoon, sometimes even yeah. a little earlier. Yeah. And there's just a lot that we need to keep in mind about how this place interacts with its environment, how we use it, yeah. how having certain spaces and privacy is going to be important if we open it up to other people. 
I mean, it goes along with all that observation stuff that we were talking about. Yeah. Some of it you just can't know until you have the experience of interaction for a longer period of time. And, I mean, we also don't have any money right now, so a lot of this decision-making... <laughs> we need time. We need time. Yeah, exactly. We're taking it slow. Um, little things at a time. And after all these steps, um, renovate the part of our apartment, no? The, of course. The next step. We got to be comfortably living here before we start catering to a bunch of other people. I yeah. Mean, you know, it's the same way that on an airplane, they tell you to put your own oxygen mask on before you help others. <laughs> we're kind of at that point. Because, yeah. I mean, just as I said, we're in the dead of winter. We are not using all of this house right now. No. How did, So, in talking about priorities, what was the first thing that we did when we moved in? Well, we, we, we made it livable in like two small little yeah. areas that we could reasonably heat. Yeah. The kitchen and yeah. our bedroom. That's it. Our bedroom luckily has a has a bathroom in it, and then there's a kitchen area that we added a wood-fired stove and a couch and a table. And we work in here, it's our living room, it's our kitchen, it's everything, and then we go to sleep at night. Yes, but but it stays super comfortable. It's super we're warmer in this cold yeah. house than we ever were in the old yeah. apartment because the apartment was designed so poorly. That it was just always cold yeah. or always too hot. At least here, even though, I mean, the rest of the house is absolutely frigid. We are only using the parts that we can comfortably heat that we really need. And then from here, we kind of go out and do the renovations and the cleanup work and the fix-it projects yeah. as, as and, necessary. And is my best winter. Yeah, this is my most comfortable winter in yeah. Spain as well. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Because this is a, such a cold climate compared to where we were living down near Barcelona. Mm -hmm. But it's going so much better already. Yeah. Uh, I've learned a lot and, from and this. And we fall in love. That's true. We've completely <laughs> fallen in love again with each other and with this place all at the same time. I know it's gross, but it's really what's happening. <laughs> all right. So that's how we're kind of going to prioritize this upcoming year. But I guess that's probably a good place to wrap up talking about this project for the moment because we're going to be talking about it a lot in the year to come. We're going to be putting out content on the projects that we're doing. We're going to be teaching workshops on the aspects of the business that we're developing and we're also going to launch a new podcast. And mm -hmm. if anybody has enjoyed hearing Alba speak in English, you will enjoy hearing her so much more <laughs> because she's so much more articulate. She's she's been nice enough to indulge me and and speak in English, which is not the language we speak in day to day, but she is so much more fluent and comfortable in Spanish and is going to be taking a bigger role in the Spanish version of the Regenerative Skills podcast because mm -hmm. she's also Uh, very passionate about many of these subjects, but especially, yeah. like, what are your your favorite aspects of this lifestyle and the things that you want to show through the new podcast? Okay, <laughs> it's it's difficult explaining in English, but I try. Okay, <laughs> you're doing really good. Uh, I have um, a lot of ideas. Um, on one side, I I like explain all the. Um, All the details of the um, steps, no yep, steps to steps. to buy a property, um, to make it easier for other people, no, because in all the all this process, 
I felt lost and frustrated and I want to share um, what I learned or what we learned, no? And on another side, the, the rural life, to recover Catalan traditions for my grandparents' time. Things like uh, cooking, um, preserving food, charcuterie, uh, garden. Oh, uh, some of my favorite yeah. things about living here, too. There's some really wonderful traditions here. And home economics. And home economics. That's something that you've always... I mean, the the reason we were able to buy this house is because nah, you're so nah. good at managing our finances and making sure we save money in the right areas and still live well, but without going beyond our means and still being able to save. I mean, it's, it's the main reason why we're still able to, to get this house. Mm-hmm. And that's really worth sharing. What are some other things you want to that you want to share? Thank you. And also, um, I'm interested in um, building business in the countryside. Yeah. And that's different than it certainly used to be when we're talking about traditions exactly. and your grandparents' and, time. And uh, during my normal days, I help to local business to, to improve their communication in social media. Yeah. But I'm super interesting to concentrate this communication but in the rural areas yeah yeah and showing people how to use these tools and some modern technology to really find success in their businesses that would otherwise struggle to compete with with city ones because there's (laughs) some real advantages to having a business in a rural area Mm -hmm. it's not all difficulties and it's something i'm really looking forward to exploring as well yes and I promise that I speak better in Spanish. <laughs> Don't worry about it at all. I'm going to be the one who makes a fool of myself speaking Spanish on the other podcast. Because I'll participate as well. I'm still going to explore these types of topics about how to regenerate ecosystems, how to manage farms in ecological ways. All of the same things that we're talking about on this show. And we'll do a lot of interviews, but we'll also share a lot from our own journey Because we're really looking forward to including more people in the process of what we're building here and to talk about the reality of what this is for us. Because we know it's not going to be easy. I have experience doing this back in Guatemala for the people who have listened to this show long enough. Uh, And that was... This is important. It's super important. The the reality. The reality of it. you and me are normal people. Totally. Okay, we, we have uh, good jobs, but we don't have... Um, we don't have big investments. We don't exactly. have tons of money. Exactly. Um, and, and we're going to make a lot of mistakes along the way. And some of the biggest learnings come from the mistakes that you make. Mm-hmm. And hearing about it from someone else who's going through it has been super useful for me. And this is the main reason why I've got to the point in my career where I coach other people who are on this journey but it doesn't mean I'm done making mistakes and I really look forward to sharing them yeah. because it's also a really good way for you and I to learn mm-hmm. by reviewing the things that we're doing and talking about maybe how we would do it differently or what we would recommend if we had the chance to do it again. Yeah. yeah. And it's necessary and super important explain these things um, honestly. Yeah. Because it's often not what you see in social media posts and... Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to be putting out videos 
and tutorials and I'm really looking forward to having educational events on this, continuing to give the workshops that I've been giving on other people's farms, but doing them here as we develop the place. But oftentimes that's only a part of the story. Hopefully through the podcast and through a couple of other forms of communication, we can give an honest look about, you know, the, the challenges of doing this as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, look, so like I said, we're going to be communicating this through a number of different channels. We've got the Discord server, which also has a Spanish language channel, which will be open and we'll work on that more as we start the other podcast. And... Or in Catalan, no? I mean, whatever, whatever language people want to speak, that I'm, I'm super open to it. No, so even though you feel embarrassed in English, my big journey and my source of embarrassment right now is learning Catalan. Because here in the center of Catalonia, all of our neighbors speak Catalan. They don't use Spanish very often. And that's my new challenge as well. But so you, do, you look well. I'm getting there. I'm really looking forward to taking lessons. Mm -hmm. It's really something that I want to study properly. And the nice thing is, you know, people here are super kind and they're very happy to, to have conversations <laughs> and have patience with me along the way. So look, we're going to wrap that up here for this episode. Uh, there's going to be more episodes of this podcast where you and I talk about these journeys, both in Spanish on the other one. And I'll give links to that as soon as we have a website and the, and the RSS feed for it. And most of the communication is going to start coming out through the Discord server. So if you want to keep abreast of all of the new things that are coming out, It'll be through that if you want to get early previews about what we're doing. And then later it'll be on our Instagram channels and hopefully soon on YouTube as I start to create online courses and so many of those other things that I've been developing for a long time but haven't gotten around to actually publishing. Perfect. So I guess the next episode is going to come out on February 3rd. It's going to be the beginning of season seven. Oh my goodness, I've been oh, doing this for seven congratulations. years. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for all your support yes. along the way too. I definitely couldn't have done it without you. No, no, baby, no. <laughs> It's not true. You work a lot. I want to congratulate you. I, it's, it's, in my opinion, I never produce a podcast, but <laughs> in, in my opinion, it's, super difficult um, to maintain uh, uh, the show, this show, during six seasons, um, record, um, publish, produce, um, look for people to interview, and edit, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot that goes yes. into it. Yeah. And, and you show me that the the cons consistently Cons consistency consistency yeah. see you you have um achieved 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 oh sorry achieved. it's okay no but really uh, so many things that you that you never expect and yeah nothing more <laughs> Oh, you are the really best. Sweet. You are the best. That's enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you your money later. <laughs> no, but I'm really excited to, to work on this more closely with you on the Spanish version. I'm really excited mm -hmm. for this in the next season yeah. and hopefully start to create more community around this area that I've put down roots and made a home here with you in. Yeah. So thank you for all your support. It means the world to me. And I'm so looking forward to 2023, all the projects that we have here yes. and starting to create more content with you. Yes. All right. Well, All right. thanks for sticking around with us. I really look forward to 
bringing all of you who are listening on this journey with us and hopefully in the Spanish show as well, those of you who either want to work on your language skills or who already speak Spanish. And we will see you on the next episode in the beginning of season seven on February 3rd. Okay, thank you. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year, baby. Oh yeah, that's right, <laughs> of course. Happy New Year. ¿Quieres decir la manera que siempre acabo el podcast? Sí. Okay, and now, finally, <laughs> I get to read the saying off. So as always, don't forget to keep taking those little steps every day towards a regenerative future. And we'll be right by your side along the way. <laughs> Sorry, I know that my English is horrible. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye. Thank you, baby. I love you. <laughs>